we were talking about that faith connection and uh, that we must make the faith connection in life in order to receive what we need from God and so this is uh, very very important and, and it's an, an important concept uh, doctrine or teaching of the church and that is to um, live by faith and the faith of the son of God there's only one faith that's been delivered to the church and we can't alter that uh, we have to live up to the principles and, and uh, tenets of the faith uh, to understand that, that there are promises made based on our keeping that faith uh, and, and living by it we talked about Hebrews 10:39, uh, where it says the just shall live by faith. But if if a, any man turns back, God said his soul has no delight in him. And so God wants us to always live by faith. And this is something that it takes personal training and a personal commitment to do. It also takes a personal desire to please God to live by faith. So all of those ideas should come together in us when we talk about living by faith. Number one, it pleases God. Number two, Jesus died and paid a horrible price uh, to deliver this faith to us. And so that has to be appreciated every day in the way that we live. Uh, we have to be people of courage and, and learn how to connect to everything that, uh, that, we, um, that we have to do with in this life through faith. And so we're talking about <coughs> Connecting uh, with yourself through faith as a new creature, as a justified person, we can't think of ourselves in the old way anymore. In fact, that old thing will kind of hinder us, keep us from going forward. So the way that we do that is that we have to read the word and know what God says about us know and become acquainted with the new creature believe what you read in spite of what you see in spite of what you feel most of us don't feel righteous holy powerful and all of that when we first get up in the morning but we walk by faith and not by feelings huh <laughs> so so we we you know we we have to do this so we know what it's like to turn our faith on and get rolling every day by faith but then there may be times when our faith is challenged and it can be challenged in so many different ways uh, you'll see you see uh, now some of the um, news services that I subscribe to you know they'll send you little emails every day and there's one gentleman who's a chaplain, uh, a military chaplain, and he keeps up with the religious persecution in the military that's going on now. And so there are people that can't even, uh, I guess, in, in um, I forget where it was, in one of the... Um, um, uh, where the um, troops are stationed, you know, um, they have their own rooms to stay in. They have what they call whiteboards. They're erasable, you know, dry erase boards outside of their rooms. Where this one cadet put a, a scripture there, then you know, probably meant something to him. He was meditating on. Some guy came by and said it offended him, and he had to erase it. And so now all the cadets are putting the scriptures up on their whiteboards. You got me? And so, yeah, but in many, many places, they just cower down and don't do anything. And so, see, when you're, you, we are to live by faith. And when that's challenged, he must have felt prompted by the Spirit of God to do that to begin with. You know, this is who you are. 
when you come in and you go out you keep your eyes on the word that's scriptural and so and, and especially when you have a dangerous job confronting you every day you, you need that and so uh, you know somebody comes by and says it offends him and why is his opinion superior to yours you got me and so uh, my thing is if something offends you was the bible say pluck your eyes out so. <laughs> It's a good thing I don't live in these places, you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, if you're looking at something that's not good for you, you know, get rid of it. Get rid of your eyes, whatever. But anyway, we need to understand that uh, in living by faith, we have, when it's challenged like that, we have decisions to make. So you decide how you're going to handle it. you got to go to God uh, to help get that decision made and help yourself to get that decision made. So there's all kinds of ways uh, of expressing our faith in God and all kinds of ways that our faith is guiding us in life and helping us through life and so that's what we use our faith for to help us through life and also to minister uh, um, according to God's word and administer the um, gospel to every creature so you don't know who that scripture was helping that, that he had it out there on his door and so we we have to understand that God has a reason for doing everything that he does through us and so <clears throat> when we're challenged our faith is challenged uh, by outside forces that are direct persecution or by inner decisions to uh, to not live by faith to cower back and then shrink back in weakness we have to understand that God is not pleased with our shrinking back many times we feel we have a good reason for not going forward but those reasons have to bow to the word of God you can't hold on to reasons that get you out of doing the tough thing or get you out of doing the hard thing getting you out of doing the thing that may uh, cause you to change what you say and what you believe and what you think that you've held on to for many many years how many of us had some goofy religious thought and thinking about God and then we heard the gospel we had to change that and then and for the better and so life is a continual series of changes for the better as we connect uh, to God and to the world and, and to ourselves through faith so connecting to yourself by faith you must understand that Jesus has paid the price that was required for everything there's a required price for everything we couldn't pay it because we don't qualify to pay it all of our trying to to show God this and show God that is not going to be helpful to us we have to humble ourselves and accept that God knew what he was doing when he sent his only son and our our uh, job is to receive his son not reject him receive him receive everything that he has for us and everything he demands for us because what Jesus did he did for us he didn't die to give us a hard time or or make it hard for us but he died for us for a better life for us and so when we have to give up that self life you know it can be hard sometimes and kind of challenging maybe you'll have to repent and change what you've been thinking all your life change what you've been telling people about your life all of that kind of stuff you may have to do that in order to continue to please God and live by faith so when we connect with ourselves by faith we submit ourselves totally to God's will and his word his will for us what does he want for me 
What does God want from you? What does he want for your life? What plan does he have for you? All those things have to be embraced and acknowledged uh, when they come from God. And we have to seek knowing those things. So many times people get saved and it's the last time they connect with God through faith they just go about their normal lives they think salvation is for heaven only and they go through their normal lives living natural as natural people because they're so locked into that mindset they don't like challenging uh, their mindset now sometimes they'll let God creep in when they really need something and uh, but but people oftentimes don't live by faith. I mean, every single day, every decision is made based on God's word and what He says about it, and your confidence in His word. If that life is hindered, we have to fight to get it back. You can't just let it slip from you and say, "Well, you know, you're doing the best you can, or you couldn't do any better, or you know, whatever, whatever." There has to be a a life in your words about it. You know, that sometimes you can talk about things. Um, say, for instance, God has told you uh, he's going to bless you with um, a promotion. You know, career promotion or a job promotion. It doesn't come for many years. And you, well, you know, I'm just trusting God for it. You know, if there's really no faith or life on those words, you can tell by the way you approach it that you've given up on it. You know, you're fainting in your heart somewhere. And so you need to be honest with yourself and start stirring yourself up again. You know, Uh, so many people don't know how to totally die to self there may be times where every, you think everybody's watching to see if you got that prayer answered and you find out nobody's watching you you know it's a trick of the enemy and what does it matter anyway you know you, you need to understand that people your life is a, is a, an open epistle I mean anybody can look and see what you do and, and know that you know God or know that you don't know God or know that you miss God but what's what's that doing for me when you miss God so it doesn't affect me one way or the other and it shouldn't affect you one way or the other either nobody's watching you to see if you get a prayer answered we, we're all kind of in the same thing so that denying the self you know is something that uh, can, can creep up on you and, and try to snatch you back into living for self unawares and you can be praying a good prayer and get self-involved in it. You know, all you have to do is is give a testimony about something good happening, and then something good doesn't happen again, and then you're right back thinking everybody's watching you. And so we have to die daily to self. You know, constantly understand that the self life wants to come back and start ruling. But if you live by faith, you live that that life that's dead to self dead to sin dead to self will and alive to righteousness just as Christ would live on this earth he humbled himself to his father he didn't mind who knew it and he didn't and he he was glad that the father was in charge of his life he didn't want to try and run his life while he was here on the earth so he took no pleasure in in, in, you know wanting to say I'm doing this on my own he was very very uh, happy to be under the father's care and so we have to be the same way always humbling ourselves to the will of the father doing what he says no matter how great or how small uh, how (coughs) important or non-important 
we must continue to do the Father's will. So uh, in, in so we connect to ourselves through the word, understanding, embracing, believing what God says, renewing our mind to it. Living as transformed people, not living as condemned people or people with faults or fears or anything like that, but living as transformed people. So there's a time when we that transformation becomes evident and there are times when it's not so evident. You know, we have to be careful how the, the mental picture we paint of ourselves and others because you use the same brush on both. You, know, you use the same brush on all of humanity. And many times people who have a concept, uh, a self-concept that's lacking in truth will paint others with that same picture. And so we have to be careful to connect plug ourselves in to the truth of God about us and extend that truth to others. Is anybody listening to me? See, you can't be righteous, sinless, and okay with God and paint others as being not so. You, you know, you have to really be careful with that because what happens is that, that the fault that you find in yourself usually is brushed on to others. You, know, you find some people who are hypercritical and and all that kind of stuff and negative about things. You'll find that, that there's something lacking in them and they're just willing to put that on all of humanity and so it's it's very very important that we walk in love where love doesn't uh, is, isn't boasting in itself and, and trying to be bigger uh, than life and diminishing others you know that's not love and so we have to be careful that we extend the same mercy to others that we expect to receive ourselves from God and we walk this earth as merciful people you know understanding that you know these people are are born the same way you are Uh, you're fortunate to have relationship with God and mercy in God to the extent that that misfortune has not come upon your life but you're going to have your share of misfortunes as well and you don't want to be judged and condemned in the time of your misfortune and and don't do that with others you know kind of keep your perspective the same way all the time and understand that you know people miss it just like you miss it understand that uh, people you know maybe you think you try a little bit harder but you don't know the efforts of that other person you know you you just don't know and so we have to stay away from uh, this uh, broad broad brush judgment that we do because it will hinder the way you connect to yourself the way you connect to God and the way you connect to the natural world it'll it'll start extinguishing your faith Faith works by love. It works no other way. Uh, faith works by extending value to other people. Got me? You have to extend value to other people. See, if I think you're you're capable, I'll I'll expect that you would do things according to the word. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, we expect everybody to perform according to God's word and that they're capable of doing it. Now, we don't judge people and say, well, if you don't do the word in 30 days, you don't get this straightened out in 30 days. <laughs> we're judging according to the way we feel about whatever scripture you know we're holding people's feet to the fire on 
But you know, I believe that if God gives you a promise, that you can pray and receive it. See, that's it's just that simple, and and so that's putting a high value on people. But it's amazing how many people think that that's not love. And if you don't get your prayers answered, I should feel sorry for you. And we take up collections for you and and go pay your rent and all this. And that's love. You see what I'm saying? See, it's not right to diminish your ability to do the same thing that everybody else is capable of. You're born again. You pray in tongues. You're spirit filled. You can do it. You see? And so that's the leader's job to encourage people that they can use their faith and God's word will work for them just like it will work for everybody else and don't leave anybody out see it's poor leadership to look at people and and give them a pass when they're going to need that faith in their life so you're going to need that faith for something you're going to need that faith and to me it's the simplest thing if if we can all get our bills paid by faith you can get your bills paid by faith if you can can get your needs met by faith we can all do that by faith it may not be top on your agenda right now you understand what I'm saying but you'll get there see when people move it from the back burner to the front then we can all get there and so sometimes the the preacher's job is to get you to move things from sitting there simmering and to get them on boiling so that you can conquer that and you can move on to something greater in your life you are you have greatness inside of you waiting to get out and so it's up to the leader to pull that out with the word and expecting you to be able to perform that word to run your life smoothly you got me it's not to to line my pockets with anything but to run your life smoothly then you can do it by faith so we all have some improvement we can do in that area we can all dig a little deeper and get more faith and use it more consistently so that our lives will be conquering things in our lives and you won't have this shelf of things that you never got and you're upset because God didn't give them to you or something like that because you weren't ever challenged to use your faith to get those things done and so it's and it's a good feeling when people people get those prayers answered that that that's worth a lot to them so it's worth a lot and that that satisfaction that you feel that I was able to to get that through and I conquered I understand about God now and I, I know how to I'm not afraid of life I'm not afraid of of uh, the devil and I'm not afraid of bills and I'm not afraid of responsibility uh, you know so much that we get delivered of when we start using our faith so I always shed that cocoon that that fear you know of being having your your um your need for God exposed and and let's get it get it out there in the open where God can deal with it and go on and conquer by using our faith so the second place we wanted to connect to you want to connect to in faith is connect to the natural world and you're connecting to the natural world and you connect to the natural world as a new creation not the old person so if you've connected to yourself by faith you know that you are a new creature in 2 Corinthians 5.17 if you're in Christ you're new you don't have a past you don't have a rap sheet you don't have fingerprints you don't have evidence against you you know you're totally new 
So as you enter God's witness protection program, you have a new identity. You've got new driver's license. You've got new everything. And so uh, old things are passed away. You know, uh, anything that occurred as, as uh, part of your, your old life, even though it may have happened, it does not have the power in your new life as it did back in your old. Because pass away, that really means dead and powerless. It lingers sometimes as a memory. And let me tell you what happens to Christians. And this is why you need to, to rebuke your, your, your remembering sometimes. You know, your remembering. Did you ever stop to think that when you were a sinner, your mind only had a certain amount of power because it didn't have divine life on it? Hmm? It was under the curse. The curse means that it is diminished in power. And it's diminished in influence. But think about now that you're a believer. Now you've got divine life on your mind. And if you feed memories with divine life. Old memories. That's why a lot of times Christians get scared of their past when they're born again. Much more so than when they were sinners. Because divine life, number one, lets you know how bad sin is as far as God is concerned and what effect it has on your life. It can take you to hell. But if you, if you allow yourself to meditate on those old things, the influence of divine life on them makes them more intense, makes them more real. That's why you need to change your thoughts. That's why you need to renew your mind. The, the, the energy that, that comes, comes with eternal uh, benefit and it comes with eternal force. It has a, a stronger force. Jesus said if the light in you be darkness, how great is that darkness? So it makes darkness seem more influential. It makes everything comes like in 3D all of a sudden. And you can feel that those things are real. And these are, these are warning signs for you. You know what? I better stop this. Because this is not healthy for me. And I better quit feeling sorry for myself because of blah, 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 blah. Because it's getting very real to me. That's why a lot of times people who, who stumble back into, say, like pornography or drug thinking get, get very afraid and ashamed as Christians and wind up dying of an overdose. Because they They've allowed divine life to feed that old dead thought and give it more life by not seeing through it, renewing it. Many times people will will keep that to themselves instead of doing what the word says, confess your faults. Because it seems so big, they won't believe this. Oh, I can't tell anybody this. That's because the, the light of God's life is shining on it. It shines on it big so you can know it's wrong, confess it, get it out of the way, put it in your past and go on living for God. But see, you let the devil talk you into, look at that, you're a preacher and you're doing this and you're doing that. And it seems so horrible, almost like you can't get over it. And so that's why we... We have to be quick to forgive. We have to be quick to repent. We have to be quick to come out of darkness. We have to be quick to confess our faults one to another and get prayer so that we can be 
saved and not and be spared of these things so that's why I'm always telling Christians we better quit playing with the devil see that's all that is is playing with the enemy and trying to see if you know you don't need to see anything your only dealings with your past is to get over it forget it rebuke it ask God to help you get over it help me not to dwell on this God I don't know why I'm in this mood today let's get going but I want divine life to bring life health wholeness joy peace and all and you seek the fruit of the spirit you don't seek all that dead stuff because we can recognize this is why the early church was so powerful they didn't sit around in, in counseling sessions and talk about their upbringing and all that kind of nonsense they didn't they didn't have all that they had the new life in Christ and they sat daily under the apostles doctrine and they were in the word and in prayer and doing things that pertain to this life and not the old life so you got to come out of that you make your mind up to come out of that and all this generational curses I mean it's good to have understanding but you don't live there you got me that's not a hindrance to your new life so you deal with that you get it out of your way you rebuke the devil tell him you're not he's not taking you down that road that's not your future that's your past and you're dead to sin and alive to righteousness and keep going and see this is the work of faith see this is the work of faith this is how faith works for you to help you to make maintain the newness that you're walking in this is what scares crazy religious people they see people this is remember uh, one of the epistles that said that the that the uh, uh, the uh, people synagogue guys from the synagogue came to spy out our liberty that we have in Christ they wonder how you can have been a sinner and so depraved the day before and now you're all happy and joyful and living this no something's wrong somewhere you're putting on that's fake that's funny no that's as real as it's going to get amen we let people talk us out of our reality sometimes because they can't handle it Hmm? let's go ahead and have yourself a good time between you and God then if nobody can handle your liberty you just have yourself a praise party between you and the Lord and enjoy your life in God you know, keep going amen so and when we when we uh, connect to the natural world we connect as new creatures not in a carnal way but in a spiritual way you can go to the word and find out everything that you need to do to live in this natural realm we have dominion but as justified people now we have dominion under God dominion under God which means that in connecting with the natural world we use kingdom wisdom and kingdom principles what we the way we deal with our natural resources we increase we don't waste or squander and we don't diminish Hmm? we're careful about remember the disciples when Jesus fed all those people they could have left the leftovers but they didn't they gathered them up so that nothing would be lost so God wants man to be accountable under God's kingdom we're accountable for everything that he has put under our care Hmm? under our stewardship we have to account for it Matthew 6.33 tells us how to go about connecting to the natural world 
and to seek first the kingdom of God and his right way of doing things there's a righteous way of doing everything or there's a God way of doing everything when you go to your job there's a righteous way or a kingdom way to approach your job number one the Bible tells us to obey those who are in authority over us got me obedience means you don't question their authority and you don't question their decisions got me if you have questions as to how do I carry this out Mm -hmm. got me and so you can get help and clarity in carrying out things but you don't question their decisions if there are questions the way to approach someone in authority is to entreat them remember Naaman's servants you know they they kind of let him make his own decision when they asked him you know instead of saying oh man go and dip in that nasty water who do you think you are questioning the problem they said if he had asked you to do some hard thing that's entreaty okay it's allowing that person to make up their mind if you insert some knowledge that they didn't have before or bring them to greater understanding really you you understand where they're going you understand what's required and you're trying to help them to get there you're not challenging their decision it's totally they come from two totally different places it's not good to challenge those in authority over you because you won't learn much you know you'll you'll be stuck where you are and they'll probably have a very dim view of of your input you know you won't be trusted to put anything else in it's always good to allow that person in authority to ask you for your input first you got me when you're asked then put what in there put it put it in in a way that's helpful you know many times you found you'll find out you don't have as much to add as you thought you did <laughs> to begin with because when you're asked to do it somehow it's like the spotlights on you and now you got to come up with something wonderful <laughs> and it's usually not wonderful you need to know that God speaks to people in authority he gives them their position and he is free to impart knowledge and wisdom to them based on the knowledge they have for that position and so there are certain things that they will be privy to that you won't as somebody who's a subordinate is got me now those things can fall on you but you have to be graced to be able to have that position you have to be someone that God considers they're being groomed for that job not everybody who's a subordinate is being groomed to take that leader's place so you have to understand that and so in seeking the kingdom you do things by kingdom principles and you do them by kingdom wisdom and so kingdom wisdom will allow everybody to maintain their position and maintain their uh, their standing so forth and so on nobody will be diminished nobody will be feeling like he's incompetent or anything like that and so things can flow smoothly in the system will remain intact that's what you want so when we get involved in the world in our natural world if we take God's kingdom with us then we will be able to increase we will be able to cause to prosper we will be able to cause to flourish all things
God often will give people in authority a vision. This is the one thing that that subordinates do not have. Now that vision can be imparted to them. They will get their portion of the vision. But they won't have the whole picture. So you'll see sometimes leaders are dealing with whole pictures. And that's why they're not real wound up about your little portion of it. And so we have to respect that. And we have to understand that that is for a reason. When, When God gives you vision. If that vision is too big for you, you you need to know that he will bring the help that's necessary to carry it out. Many times we don't need as much help as we think we do. You got me? You know, with churches... The, the old saying the help is in the house see when when uh, God gave Moses that huge plan for the, the temple and the worship services and all of that everything they needed was right among the people who were there they didn't have to go back to Egypt for anything they didn't have to call Pharaoh's people for anything they didn't have to take out any loans anything like that the help was already there they found all the people who were workmen and craftsmen and, and they were they were asked to donate their skills they, it's the same way with anything else that we do when we're building for God we're all a part of that and we're asked to donate whatever resources that we have and so many times it, it's unfortunate I'll see uh, people that um, they want to um, say they want to uh, um, a band or worship team or something like that which is good you know live worship I enjoy live worship Uh, it's not real practical for us because we move around a lot in the day that it does get to be we can do that but I'll see people shop around for a worship leader and he always is over at somebody else's church that should give you a tip off that's not your person because you want somebody number one who is under your authority and learning from you and is able to devote himself to the work that God's called you to and not be but they're so anxious to get somebody that's got they'll pay somebody you know what I'm saying to just come in for and then leave and go to another church and another church and another church and this encourages um um, eye service it encourages um, merchandising sometimes these people don't feel a part of anything and they're just there because they they know how to work a keyboard or something like that and then these people feel they desperately need it above anything else and so these things are I don't think aren't are aren't conducive to what God is trying to do in building his house I think you need to pray for somebody if you don't have anybody you keep doing whatever kind of worship you can do until God sends you the right person so you want the right person not the wrong um you get a lot of people who are not under authority they don't have to obey anybody they're not accountable to anybody and they oftentimes will not live a righteous holy life that you want them to live in order to represent God in that 
position in that pulpit before the people and this is unfortunate as you know I've sent in many a church over the years and wondered if the worship leader was straight or gay and that's something that's a, that's a common thought with, with worship people everywhere and so we have to understand these things folks this is how these things happen because we so value that person's ability to entertain not minister but entertain and so when you start flipping it over to that it can cause real real problems for for God's people Uh, many times you'll see uh, people that are in leadership positions feel they don't have to sit under the word like everybody else so they don't have to be present in the meeting you know that old religious idea about preaching to the choir like the choir doesn't need preaching to uh, you know it's so so stupid you know when you think about it you need it more than anything and I think that's why the people after the um, last movement charismatic or faith movement we had people went to praise teams of small teams of people that sat in the congregation they didn't sit up there and everybody else down here and so forth and so on uh, to change that image so that we're all sheep when it comes to the delivery of the word and so forth and so on and so it's helpful folks if we can keep that in mind and and understand uh, how God sets about having us connect to the natural world he does it through leadership he does it through his kingdom principles and he does it in a way that we can all stay faithful to the word we have to be accountable we all have to be under authority Uh, you can't be a part of the body of Christ and, and never go to a church never go consistently to the same fellowship God has a place for everybody to worship. Never go to a place where you can really understand and learn the word. You know, you just show up there and, and get on the roll and so forth and so on. God wants people to go beyond that. And so in connecting to the natural world, in order to have success, you have to have a uh, consistent life of fellowship under fivefold ministry authority you, you you got to do that because you won't you won't grow you won't you'll be like a plant that's always sitting in a separate pot someplace you know you get root bound you'll only grow as far as that pot allows you to grow if you don't get connected to the body so you need to get in good soil you need to get where you can flourish need to get where you can get weeds pulled when you need weeds pulled and you know if you need to get into a smaller group so you can get greater understanding of certain things that should be provided there all of those things uh, so that you can have success where God wants you to be successful everybody's afraid of small groups small things you know when you don't have large numbers you get labeled very easily but if God has called you to a place you stay where God has called you and you can grow and you can prosper and you can flourish there because the spirit of God is there and he's helping you in that place you know we all start I started out in a a neighborhood Bible study that was where I first learned about the things of God you get in a larger church man there's so many problems you got all these people that are are half saved not saved bugging you (laughs) but you know everybody needs a place to come and worship but you need a place where you can grow too and see some personal growth 
So uh, in Deuteronomy 11, let me see where do I have that for. Oh yeah, the way you connect into your natural world also is to know your gifts and callings. Because your gift and your calling is a resource for the natural realm that you live in. So you are a resource to the earth. Let me see what I had here in... So when we we live by kingdom principles, God's word we hide in our hearts, and that word is hidden there to keep us in his will. Part of his will is to be a blessing to humanity and contribute to the society in which we live through allowing our gifts and callings to be employed in his kingdom rule. So get those gifts and callings employed in a kingdom way. In our example with the music ministry in the church applies here. You know if you just look at that gift as something that can make money for you. And when the day that it doesn't make money then you're restless and you're upset and all that kind of stuff. And you know sometimes your gift can get you a certain amount of attention and some people don't know how to turn that off. And just let themselves be a normal person again. And without all the attention they, try, they start feeding off of that and trying to keep that going. You understand what I'm saying? Or sometimes people are looking at others that are gifted and they think they're getting all the attention from others because they're focused on them. You know, it's kind of like you're looking at that person. You look at all the attention they get. And you're the only one who's really looking at them. You understand what I'm saying? The devil can feed your mind with such goofy, carnal thoughts. And then people start to crave attention. They they start to desire to have something other than what God's called for them to have. You know, it's it's it is sad because then you you see you know anybody who's been around the block a few times can see it. You know, you know when somebody's trying to be something they're not called to be. Uh, they anybody that comes through town that that looks prominent, they want to go follow them all of a sudden you know they get that thing on them and and um, then want to come back and brag to everybody you know what they did when they were away and so forth and so on we, you know we used to have that problem years ago we, we haven't had it recently <laughs> it's like nobody wants to go follow anybody anymore it's enough to try to keep up but you know we would have conferences we'd have people that you know wanted to give that person the speaker uh, an offering personally you know and come on now just put in the offering we'll make sure they get it and so forth or they're trying to call them and follow them around you know and, and you know it's it's just it's unfortunate because they're looking they yet are carnal you know what I'm saying in the way they view things <clears throat> and so Number one, you need to know that that person started out kind of like you, you know, developing. You got a raw gift and it needs to be developed. Theirs is developed and they've gotten to a certain level. But your your spotlight on them is making them greater than what they really are. You know, both in the natural and spiritually speaking. Because because you think they're wonderful, that doesn't make it so. You understand what I'm saying? And so a lot of this stuff is our inner reflection outward 
on to people that we feel are great and we feel if we can just get next to them if we can follow them if we can get in their meeting when they're not here and so forth and so on then uh, I can be somebody and you see the insecurity in people where they think they're mature enough to take on ministry you know they're not and so you try to retrieve them and, and tell them now listen this person is just normal like you and me and they don't want you calling them and they don't want you following them and all this kind of stuff you got to leave people alone and uh, thank God for them bless them you know uh, make sure that they're taken care of and, and then we keep moving on you know so it's just one of those things and so but some people will stay stuck in that level of immaturity all of their walk with God see and so you you have to be careful to allow people to to honor people who are gifted and who are giving sowing into them but also to just be sober you know let's be sober about this and understand that there's nothing that's going to happen to you wonderful overnight you know God is wonderful and you have him living in there so inside of you so enjoy that you know we, we don't enjoy that enough I think when we take these things on and so we're able to prosper then through our gifts and calling see your gift and calling as a resource to the earth and be faithful over it so just be faithful to develop what you know God has put in you what you don't know is there you can't do anything about but what you know is there be faithful to be a good steward over that let God have it so it can be developed so the earth can get maximum benefit out of the fact that you are here at this time we're able to prosper and conquer obstacles to our prosperity everywhere we go Deuteronomy 11:24 tells us that every place where on the soles of your feet shall tread shall be yours so you possess that for God as you walk the earth it's not your personal possession but you can it's like an ambassador coming here from another country as as they do the work of the ambassador even in their though they're in a foreign country they have a certain level of immunity from the that realm of of uh, the the government where they are they can't be arrested without some type of contact back to their place of origin you understand what I'm saying they can't be treated as as anything other than an ambassador and have to we have to abide by those rules of that country that they are from and it's the same thing with us as being ambassadors for Christ our home is heaven and so we're under heaven's dominion even though we live here but we bring heaven's rule to every place that we possess here every place that we are when you go into a restaurant I know you don't own that restaurant but you have dominion there and you bring heaven's rule into that place of meeting you notice I say heaven's rule so I don't want you going into the cash register I don't want you throwing over no tables or doing nothing you know goofy to show your quote unquote dominion deranged dominion yeah for sure because you know people people get all carried away with their so called spiritual authority Hmm? 
If somebody's choking in there, you have authority to call on the name of Jesus to rescue them. If somebody's robbing the place, you can use the name of Jesus to deliver them from trouble in that place. So that's what this scripture really is talking about. And when you're, the soles of your feet hit that, you hit it in God's name for dominion for his kingdom, not for your personal desires and wants. So, yeah, so we, we, we don't have a kingdom. We're just ambassadors here for him. And so we're able to prosper, conquer obstacles bring that prosperity with us through that type of dominion possession so everywhere that you are the soles of your feet tread you possess that first peter 2:24 talks about overcoming natural obstacles to our health man first peter why don't y'all write that down some of y'all going to sleep on me first peter 224 yep. This is by whose stripes we were healed. Is that not right? Yeah. So we're overcoming sickness. Six, sickness can be through the natural forces on this earth. They can be quote unquote hereditary. Really, we don't. We're not really sure where sickness comes from. You know, they they're not certain. Even things like cancer don't come from a virus or something we come in continual contact with in the atmosphere. We have no clue. But that's one way that we can overcome our natural world is through our dominion and using the word. So we can overcome sickness through our faith and our faith in our justification through the atonement. See, none of these diseases. He himself took our sicknesses and bore our pains, sorrows, whatever would come against us to make us not enjoy this life. Jesus has already paid to overcome that. And so we can use our kingdom principles of prayer getting peace with God accepting his word refusing the word that that we see in the natural anything that this natural life brings we can refuse in favor of the eternal supernatural word of God Mark 16 18 tells us if we eat any deadly thing it will not hurt us Yet we all complain about allergies. We complain about uh, we can't. We got an upset stomach. We ate the wrong thing. We got food poisoning. We got all these you know crazy things. We can't eat this. We can't eat that. And and you know the Bible's real clear about those things. Your faith can overcome any of that stuff. See? Paul, when he got off, remember when they he survived the shipwreck and the snake bit him. I said, man, that Paul had a life. You know what I'm saying? We think we have trouble sometimes, but you never got, barely got off a ship. He fasted for more than 10 days. He didn't need anything. Praying, asking God uh, to get them out of that mess they were in. 
he finally got out and God told him he said well the ship's going to be a wreck but everybody get off with their lives just barely you know what I'm saying I mean some, some people had a little sliver of wood to float on but you grab your sliver of wood you know you don't sit there and complain well, I thought I'd have a yacht to get in after this no you don't get no yacht you get a sliver of wood so anyway well, you know sometimes we think we come through difficulty we're supposed to be pampered after that because we had such a hard time you know forget it so then then he goes to stick his hand and to pick up some wood and, and a snake bites him so when, when he first got off the ship people were thinking well he's a prisoner look at him they're watching him and say he's a murderer all right, all right. So they think, well look at him he, he got bit so he's gonna die so when he didn't die they said he was a god see that's just how quick people's opinions will change about you so why are we always trying to cater to people I don't know let what people say bother us you know you know just get yourself right with God and and let people let people do what they do you know Uh, sometimes people with the worst uh, self-government want to come and put something over on you that you're not right you know they don't even know how to live their own lives so and then we believe it we take it to heart well I just didn't mean to do that yeah that's good get it right but don't let it bother you too much folks yeah, so just keep it right with God. You know, God, I'm working on this. I know I'm not not polished in that area, so you help me, you know. So you're able to overcome death and deadly poisons ingested, man, as a course of your, your normal life. You know what I'm saying? Now, I'm not talking about if you dis- decide you're going to play with snakes and tempt the Lord, you know, you're tempting God to see if he's God. Mm-hmm. Once you bring God into it, trying to prove who He is, you've lost the you've lost the battle. You have to come in submission to God and reverence to God. There are times when we're doing things we shouldn't be doing clearly, and get into trouble, and then God will come and deliver us out. And boy, talk about feeling bad, man! You feel really doubly stupid then. Knew better, did it anyway. Didn't have a good time, felt doubly bad about it. You know, all that kind of stuff. So, the way you overcome is you have to use the blessing that's on your life. You have to believe in the blessing. You have to believe you're blessed. And the curse is not a part of your life. So when people talk about generational curses, the first thing that should come out of your mouth is, I'm redeemed. You know, it doesn't touch me. It doesn't touch me. And, And quit living like you're cursed. I think that's the best proof you can give yourself and start living the blessing. Just start living the blessing. In the natural world, we conquer through inventions, we conquer through work, we conquer through um, the application of ideas that come from heaven. And that's one of the greatest things believers have is their ability to get their ideas from God. 
so often we depend on the ideas of others that may or may not have gotten them from God. When God can give them to you or at least show you how to improve on something uh, to make it better, you know, that's, that's increase. You're always looking to improve on something to make it better. So if a, a sinner made X number of dollars in real estate, a believer can make X times X, see, and uh, you know, and, and show some increase and show a touch from God's kingdom on it to increase it. So, <clears throat> in Proverbs eight twelve, it says God, the Creator, gives us witty inventions, and He gives them to the justified who seek Him. And you know they came from God. You have confidence in them, and you know they're going to work. And so you're willing to carry them out. Okay. No good idea comes if it's not going to be carried out to some measure. I mean, to some degree. I remember uh, I was encouraging people, and I still do encourage them to make, um, write their vision down to make it plain, you know, to write books or, or articles or things of that nature. And uh, I would ask some of them, uh, uh, you know, have you decided to write a book yet? I got some books in me. Well, we all got them in us, you know. <laughs> I mean, why even? <laughs> and they think it sounds spiritual, you know, to, to say that and all that kind of stuff. But if you really believe that it's in there and it's from God, why won't you bring it out here so it'll benefit God's people, you know? So you just you have to get it out <clears throat> the best way you can. And keep praying for God to open more doors and so forth and so on so it can get to where it needs to get to. You know, not that you want to be famous. You know, if that's all you're after, that's not going to last very long. But you want to get it in the hands of people that it's going to affect and it's going to cause them to prosper and benefit from it. So there have been many, many Christians who have been inventors. In fact, major Christians, especially if you look back, uh, you know, even from the Renaissance. And, and farther beyond than that have been believers Isaac Newton was a Christian mm-hmm. he was a really a mathematician uh, in more than anything because he was able to develop formulas for many of the things that he observed as constants in, in our environment he was also a Christian author he's written many uh, uh, um, what they call um, commentaries on different books in the Bible. Uh, Pasteur, Louis Pasteur, he founded, he was a microbiologist and he found out that people were getting sick from drinking milk. And he found a way to kill the bacteria in milk without altering the flavor of it too much. And so we have him to thank for that. Alexander Fleming discovered penicillin. And no nurses and doctors in here, but anyway, he did. He, re- he received a Nobel Prize in 19. 19- you know, we used to, that was one of the big tests for me. Ah, PCN. And I got that one. I ain't getting none of that, so I knew that one. Didn't know the guy, but got that one right. He was a, he was a very devout Catholic, as a matter of fact, Fleming was. George Washington Carver. He was really a, a botanist and a geneticist. He was able he he was very good on breeding different plants and so forth. We we always talk about his research and using the peanut in so many different ways, but he was able to uh cultivate different kinds of plants. 
and made them you know geneticists they'll take certain kinds of characteristics from one plant graft it into another to make a stronger plant that has more you know if you want sweeter peanut butter he knew how to get that from you just by mixing up the different plants and so forth so he was a, a very he was a Christian as well very devout Christian uh, Wilbur Wright one of the Wright brothers never those brothers never worked on a Sunday and this is one of the trademarks of you know even though they did research and they had all this stuff going on they still kept the Sabbath and refused to let the enemy drive them into giving up that day of rest in honor of God you know um, Copernicus the Polish astronomer uh, a lot of these people Bacon Sir Francis Bacon Kepler Galileo he goes back further than any of them. Some of the philosophers who were also scientists during the um, uh, Enlightenment, like Descartes, Pascal, uh, Boyle, Mendel, he was a geneticist, Faraday, Planck, they even said Einstein um, was a, a God seeking person. He wanted to seek the God who had made all of those things. So his search for God through science and so forth and so on led him to develop a lot of the um, uh, theories that he, he developed and a lot of the work that he did. So it's thought that whenever you get involved in the invention process you eventually run into God either by what you can't do or what you couldn't do and now you're allowed to do you see God in it and so that's that's very very common so the God who gives us witty inventions is the one who helps us to make our gift and calling sure on the earth think what these inventors uh, have done based on the allowing their gift and calling to be given over to God's authority and his care we were able to profit very greatly by their work all of humanity still benefits from the work that many of them done be, did because they gave everything that they had over through God God the creator gives us the witty inventions and he'll give them to uh, people who seek him especially justified people because they will listen more to God and direct their efforts and trust him more we also conquer through commerce that is through trade and through um, acquiring ideas for how to uh, preserve humanity and uh, one of the people that biblical people you know that was excellent at that was Joseph remember he got the dream Pharaoh got the dream and he interpreted it for him but when, when Pharaoh saw that Joseph understood all of this he thought well who else can I put in charge of this but the one who's got got the connection with God because he said what's coming up is very serious for the life of this nation and really the life of the known world because that's where everybody sojourned when they heard that there was food somewhere when there was a famine where they lived they pack up and move to that place where there was food and so Egypt would be uh, in the years to come even though there would be lean years for them they would still be flooded with people looking for food and some one of the things a person who is in charge can imagine is what will we do with all those people coming here we'll have a riot on our hands or a bunch of starving famished people so we need to have a plan for how to make provision for all of these people so that we can all survive and so Joseph came 
came up with a plan where he conquered through commerce that is through trading when people had money they could buy grain some of them had uh, the possessions they could trade for food to ride out the famine Joseph knew how long it was going to last by the information that God gave him and so he made provision based on that information and nothing else and I think that's the key when God gives you something that works through your gift and your knowledge and your calling you have to make sure that you give God total control over that or you may fail in some way you let let see it has to be a person of integrity think Joseph being in control of all of the food for all of the whole world if he had been a dishonest man think what could have happened you know hold some back so much for himself and then they buy it from him and he keeps the money you know that kind of thing and so God has to have righteous people in there he's got to have justified people people of integrity people that he can trust people who understand their position and it took Joseph all of his training all of those experiences the good the bad the ugly the the family problems the this and the that it took all of that to develop him into the person that he eventually came to be he had to know abundance and he had to know lack many of us know both you know what I'm saying we we want to know more abundance but you know we're working on it but you know abundance in many many ways that others don't and so because you know the God of abundance you know that there's a place in God where if you just really desired certain things they would be made available to you all you'd have to do is start praying for them and earnestly seeking and so these are things that we know as as children of God you know you don't want to go beyond what God's called you to do you don't want to get diverted I think that's the main reason many times many of us don't seek more in the material realm we still have that scripture uh, that says that that uh, those uh, godliness with contentment is great gain. But in the the passages prior to that, it says that many people have desired riches and fall into a snare. And so you know, if you started dropping what you're doing, going pursuing more and more and more and more, you know, it's eventually you can fall into a snare. So you don't want to disrupt your life for the sake of material possessions, but you know they're there for the asking and for the seeking if you just ever would want to do that and so Joseph knew that as well but he he determined to be faithful to God because God had done so much for him and bringing him out of the pit and out of uh, destruction from his family so forth and so on seeing him through all of the difficulties God got more his relationship with God got to be more of the influence in his life than things did he, he saw things come and he saw them go really really quick so his trust was never in things again so <clears throat> so yeah when we connect to the natural realm through kingdom principles through the faith connection we know that it's possible to have as much material as we desire but we also want to keep first things first and, and have the God thing as the dominant relationship in our lives and, and then everything else comes under that so how are we doing Miss Wanda what we got 14 minutes the last one we want to do is talk about how to connect to God 
in in uh, by faith. And uh, in First John three and verse two, it says, "Now we are the sons of God. Now we are the sons of God." The primary way we connect to God is through covenant relationship. Most families don't have covenant relationships. In fact, don't many of them don't even know how to how to run a family. You know what I'm saying? You get rules and regulations that aren't consistent not consistently kept sometimes not well thought of the rules that most people um, you know run their households or rear their families or children under are a bunch of hand-me-downs from from uh, parents that were barely understanding what to do they got hand-me-downs from their parents it's sometimes a collection of um, immature thoughts you know there's a great deal of immaturity many times in in rearing a family that way and I only say that to say that as a believer you can connect your family by faith in God by asking God direction and relying on his word to raise your your family and I think there there aren't enough people who really do rely on the word in this respect because everybody gets involved flying by the seat of their pants and they feel they can't don't have time to research all of that and find out you know what God says and that's why preparation before marriage is essential so that you can prepare yourself for the things you have in your heart that you're you're going to create you're going to create a marriage first with children uh, in in the family and in a family situation so you need to understand the roles of the parents the principal players there's a role also for extended family uh, when it's needed because in the Bible it talks about uh, to a large degree uh, especially in the Old Testament how different families related uh, the parents would influence the younger ones where to go find a wife don't go over there that's very common in the Bible and it's unfortunate even with Christian families that Christian parents have very little to say about who their child eventually marries and that is very important to have especially you got a Christian parent it's so important to let them influence you and they want to influence you in the right way but if you don't listen to them and you don't start to understand the importance of uh, um, preparing for that uh, you'll be caught off guard you'll be behind you'll be scrambling you'll be trying to run to the altar and get an answer for something that needs a lifelong fix you know you want an overnight answer uh, for things that require a lifelong fix and so you may have to be prepared to work on some of these things for a very extended period of time uh, whereas a, a, an unbeliever you might have thought of parenthood has been 18 years and out you you know, like a lot of people, Ooh, I can't wait till oh, I can't wait till you get <laughs> And then all of a sudden they're thirty and they're still struggling and you still gotta pray and you still gotta try and believe God 
for that. And so I believe the sooner you can incorporate uh, your faith into your connection with God in a family sense, that you, God, is now you are the son or the daughter of God. And what does that mean in your life? So as a child of God, what does that mean for you? Well, that means that you want to have a relationship with your father. So first of all, it's connecting to God in a covenant relationship. So you want to have a relationship with the Father. And what type of relationship do you want to have? Well, it's prescribed already. So you've got to look into the Word and find out what He expects out of you. What does a son or daughter look like? How do you relate to your Father? What does He expect out of you? <coughs> as a son or a daughter and how does that affect your day-to-day life and your daily decisions and so once you get an understanding of that then you build from that relationship you need to know that your relationship with God you will always be a son or daughter seeking his guidance and seeking his approval but never seeking his love you've got to understand you have that and so I think that's where it differs greatly from human relationships because parents as much as they'd like not to oftentimes their love is conditional all humans are that way folks we can shut down and withhold in a minute if we're not pleased with somebody God never shuts down withholds his love his love is there to put us right and put us on the right path again so it's got to always be there we got to understand that that that's always there to help us it's always there to guide us and it's always there to lead us so we have to make sure that we get in a position to receive that from him and be there at all times even when you you lose your footing you know, when you get involved in something that's stupid and the misunderstanding, you know, you played the, the anger game too long or you played the whatever game too long, you've got to understand that you can repent and you can go back to God because his love is always there. It doesn't have to be earned and it doesn't have to get back to where it used It's just there. It's always there. And his love is drawing you uh, to repentance. Love is drawing you to forgiveness. Love is drawing you to confess. Love is drawing you to talk to him about it. Love is drawing you to do all of these things. And so when we understand that his love is never conditional, it's never withheld, it's just it's not, not in a place where we can receive it because of us. But if we'll position ourselves to receive it again and get benefit. See he loves us but sometimes we'll have benefit of it. Just like the sinner. He loves the sinner but they don't have benefit of it. Because they don't do the things that are pleasing to him and they can't perceive it. Got me? It's like, you know, you have to learn how people express love in order to perceive it. And see, everybody expresses it differently sometimes. You know, I mean, it just, it's just the way people are, folks. You have to allow for that. Everybody doesn't express love the way you do or the way you think they ought to because you're not God and so as people we have to learn how to experience love from different people 
sometimes people you know if they have problems understanding their parents love them they'll have problems with everybody else too you know they, sometimes people aren't willing to give their parents enough credit for and then sometimes they give them too much you know you see somebody with a drug addict I know my mother loved me how'd you know that <laughs> you know what I'm saying she gave you away she said, and if she didn't love you is that the end of the world see we gotta face those things you can face them in God because you know he loves you at all times and you'll keep running back to these dead situations trying to find out how people felt about you you know and all this kind of good gravy let's get a life folks we've been given new life we've been given eternal life let's start living it now and enjoying that life and so that's that's what God really wants he wants us to know we're adopted once you're adopted you're taken up out of the old life that old life really doesn't mean anything anymore it's passed away everything is fresh and new I mean we we need a new start folks you don't need to keep going back through where you came from and who didn't love you and you know you should have had this and you should have had that and you know come on now I feel like God should have made us so we can eat as many Twinkies and ice cream as we can and never show up on you. But here we are. Here we are living in living in these limited tents. <laughs> you know, there's so much there's so much you can complain about if you just want to complain. But I thank God he gives us the fruit of self control, you know. <laughs> to a degree. We we employ it. You know, you employ it. Overlook that thing there sitting there, but you know what I'm saying is we can we can find fault with everything if that's what what we're about doing. But when you come to connect to God as His daughter or son, you need to know you're made in His image, and you can take that image on now. I mean, it's legit to take on the image of Christ, and you're not pretending, and you're trying not trying to be somebody that you're not, but you're finally being who you really are. See, and and there's a big difference when people see people who knew you as a sinner start seeing you as a believer. They'll think you're putting on an act, you know, and that ain't right. They they look for ways. They start they start observing you more, and that's wonderful because God's got their attention now. So they and then they see you're genuine, and then they feel bad. See, or they find out you know they need help with something and you're the first one there to help them and they've been looking at you in a critical manner seeing God begins to to fight them on the inside and show them you know this person's genuine and they're legitimate and so that's your right as a child a son or daughter of God to take on his image to feel comfortable doing it to know you have a right to it this is who you are now Uh, you don't have to feel rejected and hurt anymore because you've been adopted it's a hard thing for people to get over in the natural when they're uh, um, uh, you know abandoned by natural peer I guess for lack of a better word there's no soft word to put it but they're given up by natural parents a lot of times it's not uh, uh, um, a uh, thing that's meant to hurt but they're attempting to do what's right and what's best for that child you know you take somebody who's nervous I, I've seen mothers you know leave leave 
the you know nursery with newborns and they're so nervous you know and it's nobody there at that house to help them you think my goodness what's going to happen and then you see some who will just swallow hard and say I, I just can't do this and if there's a better home for my child I want somebody to have this child and raise him and give his child a better life you understand what I'm saying and so you can't go back and say well you shouldn't have done that well that's pretty obvious now but the child's here see God's trying to make good out of that because the family that wants to adopt children they have an answer to their prayers and then that that parent that knew their limitations you know finally were able to own up to it and I think it's good now that people can unseal these adoptions and find out natural parents if they're they really want to go there some do some don't and it's a very delicate thing but I think God is trying to answer all of those curiosities and questions and, and give that child also a new life but children who have been adopted and don't see that as a good thing and a new start are missing a lot of what they could focus on so that they can enjoy the new life and I think that's true with us too as believers why get born again if you're going to keep going over and over and over thinking that happened in your past life and let that hinder you'll never know who you are in God you'll never enjoy the new thing so that thing has to be put in the past and, and God has a way to help us with it amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you for uh, giving us understanding and knowledge and and help in these things these things that we want to understand and know better Lord we understand now that we have to connect in so many ways through our faith and our faith is in you and we thank you for that faith in you Lord in Jesus name amen praise God praise God amen if anybody needs prayer um, put on my glasses